Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Ready or Not. Today we're going to be talking about, yep, you guessed it, finances. We want to get into your wallet, your bank account, and everything that's important to you. So here we go. Check it out. All right, guys, here we go. We're back in the studio, kind of uh, picking up on some awesome things today. Really excited. We've got Joe coasting with Yo, us. Yo, what's up? And Omar what's Franco, up, everybody? master of all things finance. Um, Yikes. <laughs> I, I, I use that term loosely, um, but have greatly admired and appreciated just the wisdom God has given him. And that's what it is. He'll tell you all about it. But it's the wisdom that God's given Omar in this area of just how do we use what God's entrusted to us. And just the issue of money and finances itself, right? So many times people shy away from, bury their head in the sand, and just kind of stare at the wall or their bank account or their wallet. They spend the money they make, try to not get in trouble, and that's it. But the Bible talks about money so much. Uh, it was You actually are the one that turned me on to this years ago through one of the group studies that we were in. Yeah. yeah. I was floored. I, I never saw the bigger picture of the biblical statements of finance. Mm -hmm. Now, as a disclaimer, we're not talking about the love of money, right? We were warned the right. love of money right. is the root of all evil. If it becomes your obsession, you're way off. Jesus says you can't have two masters, mm -hmm. you'll love one and hate the other. So in no way are we trying to get anyone to fall in love with their money, but we want you to see it as this amazing catalyst that can accomplish, influence, and open opportunities in life that nothing else really can. Money's got a unique role in life. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that, David. And I'll tell you, a lot of Christians uh, are very surprised to find out that there's actually over 2,300 verses in the Bible <laughs> that talk that about money, Yep. right? So obviously the Bible has a lot to say. For the most part, I would say a lot of people think, hey, you know, the Bible talks about money, right? And specifically towards giving. You know, but no, yes. there's more that the Bible says, right? What does the Bible say about investing, about debt, right? About our stewardship as Christians. So yep. absolutely, there's so much that the Word of God has to say about, about finances. Yeah, I was floored. Even one of the things you just mentioned, right? Investing, and then the Bible even speaks about debt, both acceptable and unacceptable debt. I mean, I'm still, I'm sitting here smiling, just excited because of what we get to share with everybody. Uh, but in all of this, you know, I know you. Uh, Joe's getting to know you, but who who are you? Where are you from? Who is Omar? Yeah, so uh, so again, appreciate the opportunity to share with you guys. And uh, I'm I'm a vessel of God, right here. Um, he's given me certain gifts where um, I I enjoy the number side, right? Um, in my home, I'm the nerd, right? Been married for <laughs> a little over twenty years. I have three kids: okay. uh, seventeen year old, fourteen year old, and a twelve year old. And it's definitely an adventure, right, in my uh, Franco Five home. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we have a great time. Uh, my background, um, I went to uh, Mount San Antonio College here in Walnut. I did go to Calvary Chapel Bible College. Okay. Um, and finance is, is my comfort spot, right? Um, I ended up finding myself at uh, a financial institution, right? Worked at a bank. Okay. And uh, just build up my ranks from there, right? So today I actually work with multi-million dollar companies and, and give them counsel and advice on, hey, what steps to, do they need to take, right? Financially or as a, as a company, as a corporation. So how did you like 
go from just growing up, high school, graduate, and stumbling into this realm of finances? The Lord totally put it in place, right? Because when, when I first, I got married young, my high school sweetheart, right? I actually worked as a freight supervisor at a trucking company. Okay. That company filed bankruptcy. Okay. Found myself with a mortgage, a wife, baby on the way. How old were you? And no job, right? Wow. I was 23 years yes, old. Yes, 23, oh, married, baby on the way. So, and so young base, huh? and <laughs> on my knees, right? Lord, help me. What do I do? So God provided a job as a teller slash customer service, right, at a bank. Okay. I worked part-time at a golf course and part-time at Starbucks, right, just trying to pay the bills. All three at the same All time. All three at the same time. All right. To pay the bills. And you put in the work. And, uh, you know, just putting in the work and in the bank, right, uh, fortunately, there was a, a line, right, that I can follow and, and pursue and got to the point, right, where uh, Lizzie could stay home. She's been home for 17 years now. Mm, wow. Right? And, and God's definitely provided, right? But um, but lo- the Lord's the one that told me, but this wasn't a career path that I chose originally. Right. But this is where he put me, right? Yep. And now being involved um, here at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills with the Crown Financial Ministry. Yep. Um, same with getting involved with this ministry. You know, I, I walk up to the to the sign-up table one day at church, right, after, after uh, <laughs> service, and I asked the guy behind the table, hey, what's this Crown Financial Ministry all about? And he tells me, oh, it's, it's a Bible study on money. It's going to change your life. And I look at him like, do, what do you mean change my life? Man, I'm, I'm a That's financial a guru, as David yeah. called yeah. me, right? <laughs> um, but you know what? Sure enough, even though I would say I'm, I've been very comfortable with the budget, with numbers, really understanding what the Bible teaches on money, on finance, I mean, it absolutely changed my life. There you and, go. Uh, to the point where I've been doing this for more than 12 years now. Um, and it's just the Bible study, right? Getting into the Word of God. What what does what does the Word of God yep. say? And the impact you've seen that have on other people oh, has been to amazing. be phenomenal. It's been phenomenal. Oh yeah. man, so I mean, people excited. will walk up to me at uh, I'm in Target someday. Hey, Omar, I paid off all my credit card debt. Yes. I'm like, hey, that's great, man. I'm so excited for you. Yes. You don't got to share with me right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, I was actually shocked and blessed when we were talking about this the other day about, hey, would you come on and kind of talk us through some of these basic principles? I, you know, if I'm going to be honest, kind of jumped over the first thing you pulled me back and like, hey, no, 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 we got to talk about ownership of money. I'm like, yeah, okay, ownership. But you took that in a direction that I just wasn't in my mind thinking. Do you want to expound on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I I would. And and today I really want to go over four four key things, right? And the first one is the foundation and the most important, right? And and one of the key verses is is in Chronicles, right? And it says, everything in the heavens and earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as being in control of everything. Riches and honor come from you alone, and you are the ruler of all mankind. Your hand controls power and might, and it is at your discretion that men are made great and given strength. And I say that whole verse because it really is the foundation to understand, hey guys, God owns it all. Yeah. He owns everything, right? Not only does he own everything, but he's in control of it all. Yes. Okay. And okay, he's in control of it all, but guess what? He also provides for all of us. Mm. So the foundation of really understanding that, 100% of it tis, not just the 10%, right, that we hear so often, it's 100% mm-hmm. God's. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's what that car you drive, that's God's. That house you live in, that's God's. Your kids, God's. Yep. Right? The sweat, everything is God's. Do you see that as like, I'm curious when you talk with people, especially on that side of ministry where you're helping people understand this foundational concept, I can't imagine it being a totally new concept, 
but it's one that's out of practice or out of, they're yeah. out of touch with. And I would say that's where the life changing comes in, right? Okay. Is because I think a lot of us are in a routine. We, we, we're so used to dealing with money and having money. We don't have to do with it, right? right? And, and we don't know how to be faithful stewards, right? As scripture teaches. Um, a, a great story I'll share with you, right? And this is back in, during the crusade times. Okay. Uh, the church actually went out and hired these mercenaries, right? To fight against the Arabs and the Muslims that were coming in. Right. So as they would hire these mercenaries, what they would do is they would take them out to the, the rivers, the lakes, and they would baptize them. Okay. So the mercenaries, they said, hey, I, I'd love God's protection, but when you baptize me, I want to make sure that my fighting arm doesn't go under the water because I don't want God to control my fighting arm. What? Right. So, so I think a lot of us as Christians are the same way with our finances. Wow. Right. Man. Like we're in church raising our hands. God, I give you everything. You know, you're, I'm all yours. But when it comes to finances, it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, that that's kind of off yeah. lines. You yeah. know. So, really Sweet. taking that step of faith to, Lord, this is yours. Mm. What do you want to do with it? Right. And then you come up with the next step and the next step, which is the plan, the budget, you know, yes. the, Lizzie calls it the B word, right? Cause she's, we're, we're uh, very different, right? I'm the super nerd. Some she's the free spirit. This. Yeah. And, and it's not an easy conversation. Right. And I think uh, Pastor Lynn says it best, right? There's intense fellowship yeah, in buddy. the home, right? When, when it comes to budget and finances, but it's an important topic, right? Okay. You, you got to sit down, you got to come up with the strategy, right? What's the plan? I like that how, word. How are you coming together, it's right? It's not a budget like it's a bondage of shackles. It's a strategy. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's great because it really puts you on this like idea of I'm on a path and yeah. we're going to navigate and win and there's going to be victory yep. and success. Yep. This is strategy, not just, you know, bondage to yeah. the budget. You have to have that plan, right? And, and anything, I, I think a lot of us have uh, our gifts, right? Our spiritual gifts. Um, sports, I think, is a great analogy, right? How do you get better at sports, right? You practice, mm -hmm. you work at it, you study, you practice, and you get better at it. Well, yep. finances are the same, right? Hey, let's let's stick with the plan. We have a dream of what someday doing a nice vacation, maybe buying a car, maybe buying a home, right? Retirement someday. We got to have a plan for that. Sure, it does not just happen. automatically yeah. happen. Yeah, little by little, right? Yep. So structurally, and if we're on this journey, this this strategy. Uh, for people who are new to thinking about money and going down this road of being intentional with it, biblical with it, honoring God with it, there's one like check your heart and the foundation. Have you, I love that, that story is awesome. Have you kept that arm out of the water, so to say? You've given God everything but access to your pocketbook. So the foundation is your mind as aware of God's ownership as right. your heart is. And then the other, the strategy. Can you just talk about? The yeah, basics so, of actually coming up with a budget or strategy. So the practical side, right? Um, so you have to you have to put together a plan. That plan has to be written down, right? You got to put a pencil to paper and really put it put it down in writing, right? So write down all of your income. I mean, you have a paycheck. You sell something on eBay, right? You find a dollar on the floor, right? <laughs> you, you're going to write down all of your income. Okay. Okay. Now, once you've done that. Now you're going to write down all your expenses. Okay. Right? All your bills, the utilities, right? Are these the, side uh, by side, two different lists? These are two different lists, yeah. Okay. So you're going to create an income list and an expense list. Okay. Right? And sometimes, you know, at the bottom, sometimes there's a positive number, sometimes there's a negative <laughs> number, right. right? But that's the goal is you want to know where the money's going, right? If, if you find yourself at the end of the month asking yourself, man, where did my where did my paycheck go? Yeah. Then that that's a problem, right? We got to work on, hey, let's find out where that money actually went. So you line up. All of your income, 
add it up. What is your total monthly? Monthly is a okay. good, a good, yeah, because it's an easy way to organize it, right? Okay. So you're going to organize it by month. And then you have your monthly expenditures. Yes. And then you do the math, you know, income, subtract, overhead yep. expenses, and what's oh. your number? So when you talk expenditures, though, like some, obviously bills, different things, like cell phone, different things, but like coffee, food, eating, yep. all the details? All of the details, yeah. Because the, the first step is just recognizing, hey, where is the money going, yeah. right? And and I think in today's technology, right, a lot of it, a lot of people maybe get a little bit lazy, right? Because you, you see it on your bank statement or on your app when your phone. Right. Um, but if you're not really categorizing, hey, where is that money going? Mm. Um, you still have to kind of do a little bit more, more digging. So step one is definitely to write it down, uh, see where you're at. Then step two would be, okay, now that you have that information of those expenses, um, where does Starbucks yeah. fall, yeah. right, in the categories? Yeah. yeah. Um, where does toilet paper fall, right? Dog food, yes. right? Oh, now, man. now you start to kind of whittle down, hey, what are different categories that you put these different uh, expenditures in? Do you find people hesitant to do that, to, to go and, and be real and be truthful and to really dig a little bit deeper than just the surface level on those things? It, it's definitely a challenge um, because it's a lot of work, right? And I think it's not something that people are typically used to doing. Yeah. Again, I think technology has made it really easy where, okay, yeah, okay, I spent $5 at Starbucks, right? Um, and, and you're not really focused in on, well, $5 times how many days per week, how many days per month, Right? What is that total, dude? I spent two hundred and eighty dollars at Starbucks. Oh my yeah. goodness! There's a little bit of, of shame or or yeah. emotion to that attachment. Like I don't really want to know so how yeah, much I spent at Starbucks. Right? People are hesitant because they don't want to spend the twenty minutes doing it, or they're hesitant because they don't want to face reality. It, it could be a little bit of both. Okay, could be a little bit of both. I mean, I think a lot of times. I mean, even today in schools, right? People aren't really taught right? How to balance a checkbook. Right. I mean, who, who has a checkbook yeah. anymore, right? Nobody really does. Yeah. And so, how do you overcome even, even the laziness of not wanting to do that or overcome the, the not wanting to face reality? I mean, cause that, it kind of hurts, right? Like it doesn't. And I, and I, I would take you back to the step one, right? Yep, is is yep. God's, God's in control. God's going to provide mm -hmm. God's taking care of you. Right. Our next step is, hey, how can we be faithful stewards, yeah, right? Awesome. And that's what we're working on, right? Remember, that's... it's his. So mm -hmm. stewardship becomes a whole lot easier of a concept when you remember who the owner Absolutely. is. Totally. Absolutely. Otherwise, it's kind of this ambiguous idea, mm -hmm. and you don't know why you need to do it. Right. That's awesome. So what would you say, like, there's the married couple that one feels like they're, <laughs> they're locked up in a cage, the other one feels like... You know, this is almost fun because uh, they're the nerd, you know, writing it yeah, all that, out. That's my home, right? Um, so it's 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 a tough conversation. I would tell you um, there's got to be a compromise, right? Um, my plan, if it was 100% mine, would look very different yep. than what it is today. Um, Lizzie's definitely more the, the free spirit, right? Um, she wants to do more today versus me, right? I'm like, hey, we got to save more, right? Let's get yes. the house paid off. Let's, yep. you know, let's save for retirement, you know? Um, so it, it's different, right? Okay. But you just, you have to come to an, an agreement. Is it wise or unwise? And I don't, I honestly don't know. I know what I think, but I don't know if I'm right. Uh, if you can get your spouse that maybe doesn't want it, whichever one doesn't really want to do that, like make an agreement. We're going to go through these two lists, see the number, and then not talk about it for a day or two. Yeah, I mean, versus like clash the moment we see the deficit or oh, we have extra money to play. Yeah, we're not even going to make decisions. We're just going to see reality. Well, e extra money is um, 
that's a tough term because if there's extra at the bottom, <laughs> you got to earmark it because what happens, right? I, I, and I share this a lot, right? Normally people say, gosh, if, if I had a raise at work, if I just made an extra $10,000, oh, my life would be changed. It'd right. be so different. But what happens a year later that you get that raise? It's not enough. You just get more Starbucks. You're, you're asking Make for more, more. spend more, right? Right. So, so being faithful, right, to, hey, there's excess. Let's do something with the excess. Yep. Let's put more towards retirement. That's Let's true. put more towards savings, right? Earmark that money. Don't just, don't just, hey, it's extra. Yeah. As the Bible says, don't overwork to be rich because it sprouts wings and flies away. Yeah. And we've seen it with, there's years we've gotten like some tax money back or yeah. done side jobs mm -hmm. or my wife's taken up a project or something. And if we put it in our checking account, it literally just dissolves over time versus if we put it in our savings account, it's there for whether it's vacation yep. or it's there for when the car breaks. Yeah, you, you so got to earmark. That, exactly what you're talking you about. You got to earmark. And I would say just as a practical tip, right, one of the things that I'd encourage people to do because a, a lot of times, again, people may have a challenge with savings. Okay. So one of the things that I'll, that I'll encourage people to do is, hey, go to a small credit union, open up a savings account there and do an automatic transfer to that save, to that account. So it's like a bill almost. Yeah, so it's automatically going to that account. It, you know, it's smaller Credit union is harder to get to. Maybe they're not open the weekends, right? Yeah, a little gotcha. harder to get to. But you still have access to it if you need to get to it, right? Okay. So there's a, kind of a way to force yourself to save. Oh, that's great. Um, another tip that I'd share is um, there, there's a rule called the 10-10-80 rule. Okay. Right? Which is 10% goes towards your tithe. 10% goes towards saving or retirement. And then 80% is what you're living off of. Okay. Right? So as you think about you writing down all your expenses... That, that's, that's a good rule of thumb, right, to that's go That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. What do you say, right? So that's the married couple that's got to come to this, like, compromise. We're on the same team. <laughs> We're not going to point fingers. We're just going to come up with a strategy how to win as a family. What about the person who's maybe younger, either about to graduate high school or they're in their 20s, they're not married, they have a, a very little income, and their feeling is like, nah, I, I don't even live on my own yet. I got a part-time job. Like, I don't need to budget my money. Yes. I mean, I would say uh, Luke 16, 11 says, right, um, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of worldly wealth, <laughs> who will entrust the true riches to you, yeah. right? Wow. So it starts young. Yeah. It starts young. The, the better you practice stewardship now, uh, the better off you're going to be. I mean, look, I'm, I'm 43 years old. I mean, did I ever picture myself now, right? right. I mean, I have a daughter who's going to start college soon. I mean, time has it's just crazy. flown by. Yep, and, and if I can talk to myself, right, when I was younger, single, right, and still just getting started, um, man, I would give myself some great advice, <laughs> right? Uh, invest, right? Put money away, save it, uh, because time goes by so fast. Yep. Yeah, well, I think the reality, even if you're single, right, and God's given you this, this little bit of amount, amount of money, too much is given, much is required, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, hey, be faithful to little things. And it's like, hey, here's one way you can do, you can worship and serve the Lord. It's his money anyways. Right. So are you going to be disciplined and, yep. and budget and, and use it as unto him? Right. Well, think about the guy, right? The parable of the talents, the one that buried it, even yep. a little bit. Yep. Man. So he got busted. Mm -hmm. So that's it. Not only have you failed, but I'm taking it from you and giving it to the faithful guy. And he says, if you're unfaithful, not only do you just find that's all you get, no, actually it will be taken and dispersed differently, which different conversation probably. <laughs> but so there's this ownership idea, like it's all God's. Yeah. So steward it well. 
And that first act of responsibility is evaluating income to outcome and where are we landing right. at the end. So where do we go from there? So so budgeting, right, is is your your plan, right? Your strategy of, hey, here's here's where I'm I'm cutting the pie, if you will, right? And okay. here's where I'm dividing it. Um, next steps, I would say, and, and it, it's a, it's a topic I would say a lot of people like to talk about is the investment side, sure, right? Um, Proverbs twenty one five says, "Steady plotting brings prosperity." Mm. You know, and and again, talking about some of the the scriptures that are amazing investing principles, um, that's one of them, right? Be consistent, dollar cost average. I mean, you you spend so much money sitting down with a financial advisor, he's giving you biblical advice, right? Dollar cost average. Hey, David, you want to make sure every month you're contributing $100 to this account, right? Maybe $25. Right. Maybe you buy the, the share for, for $20, right? You buy a share and a quarter. Maybe the next month the stock goes up. Now you're you're buying less, right? But your average is going to be beneficial to you. Yeah. So, so I mean, again, that's a biblical principle, right? Uh, Proverbs 24, 27, plan and prepare before you build, right? Make sure you put money down. Yep. Is it affordable for you? Mm -hmm. Is it something that that's worth you looking into, right? I, I love what you're talking about. And even this topic, which was for me so foreign. Uh, I grew up single parent. My mom was amazing, worked hard, two jobs. But at the end of the day, like literally there was, we'd eat dinner and you didn't get seconds because that was tomorrow's dinner. And so if you ate it tonight, you don't get to eat tomorrow. And so at the end of the day, there just was no money to even talk about. It's not that she failed in any way. It's that it was not a topic of conversation because there was nothing there. And growing up, coming to this point of like, okay, hold on, investment. I remember talking about hearing comments of like, oh, when you're 18, if you put away a hundred bucks a month, you'll have a million dollars when you turn 40. And I'm like, put That's it great. put it into yeah. what though? Where? Like. Yeah. Put it in my tennis shoe. Yeah. Like, like and, go, go to Walmart, right? And, Pick some well, that's, and that's exactly right. Like I, we talked about two years ago, I called you up like, okay. And I waited too long, but I didn't wait longer. I got to give, I don't know, try and encourage myself a little bit instead of beat myself up. <laughs> but it was this like, I still don't have my mind fully wrapped around it. And if we can help people out a little bit, there's this like invest. Like, I get it. You've sold me. I don't know how. Sure. Like, hey, get a stock. Walmart doesn't sell them. I don't know where to get right. a stock. Like if, if someone's sitting like with you, like I did, like, yeah. I don't know what to do. Like, what would you tell them generally? I know like, we're not selling knowledge here. Yeah. So, so let me lay a little bit of the foundation when it comes to investing and, and really distinguishing the difference between investing and savings. Okay. Right. Because Good. you, you definitely want to make sure you have an emergency savings set aside for any situation that might come up. Right. Okay. Um, you get a flat tire. Right, you're going to dip into the savings account to make sure that you can buy a new tire for your car. Right, right. so you want to make sure you have a savings set aside uh, for emergencies. That savings isn't for an amazing return, right? Because interest rates aren't that great right now, right? In regular savings, uh, when we talk about investing, that is something different, right? That's more of a long-term strategy. Sure. Um, and and in today's market, I mean, if you bank at, at a larger bank, right, um, you have so much access. To open, if you're 18, you go into a bank, you open an investment account, you can, let's say, do a, a, a fund, right? And a fund is basically a group of multiple companies, right? So let's call the, the, the 500 fund. Okay. Right? So that's a fund made up of 500 different stocks, different okay. companies. So you're buying a small share of each of those companies. 
So you're diversifying your risk, right? And that one share might cost you $50. Okay. Right? So you start there, right? And you just invest. Again, you, you be systematic. You consistently monthly buy $25 worth. And you're saying walk into a bank, say, hi, my name is David. I want to open an investment fund. Yes, I want to open. And it, and it depends what you're asking for, right? Are, is this money specifically for retirement? Okay. Then maybe you're opening up what's called an IRA. Okay. Right? An individual retirement account. Okay. You're opening up an IRA specifically for retirement. You're not touching this money. This money isn't for I'm a see this on a house. 60 or 70 years old. long term Way money, down the road. Right. And that story where you said, hey, you save up money now, a million dollars, right? You'll have yes. it. That, that has been realized over and over throughout the years. Okay. And, and as, as, um, I mean, I opened a uh, investment account for my daughter for college, specifically for college. Okay. And today she's going to Cal State San Marcos. And I'm not worried about any any of the debt. I'm not borrowing money for her to go to college yeah, right. because we've saved enough. And you started that 10 years ago? 17 15? years so when ago. She was when born. she was born, I opened an account for her. Can I ask, what were you putting into that per month? I, it, it varied. Sometimes okay. it was okay. $20, so sometimes it was $30, sometimes $100. Okay. Uh, grandpa could, might help a little bit, right, yes. and, and put some money in yeah. there. But that's something. But else it was too. never like dumping ten no, grand in no. and all this crazy my, stuff. I'll, I'll share this with you, right? My contribution, my cost, was a little over four thousand dollars. Okay. And and I feel good where I'm at right now that the cost of college is going to be paid for. That's awesome. And but it was because you had a plan. You yes. had a goal in mind. And you said, 17 years from now, my daughter's going to go to college or want to go to college. Yep. What can I do now to start preparing for that? If I could encourage, you know, the listeners right now, I know I came to that realization when my oldest son was, he was already, I think, 12 or 13. I'm not going to be able to send him to college. Fine. I could sit there and, and right. beat myself up and like, ah, and just be defeated for the next 10 years. But what if on his wedding day, I get a hand him what would have been a college amount for their first house or something. You know, you can always do something. Absolutely. Something. Well, have you heard that? When's the best time to plant a tree? Yeah, now. Oh, 20, 20 <laughs> years ago. Oh, yes. Okay, <laughs> that's the best time to plant a tree because then it would be an actual tree that you could sit under or whatever. But the, the second best time to plant a tree is today. Yeah, that's right? awesome. Do it now. Yep. So I um, if I could circle back to mm -hmm. you talked about an emergency fund yes. and, and having that. What does that practically look like for maybe a married couple, but also a young single person yeah. that just has some certain income. And what's exactly the purpose of that emergency fund? Yeah, that, that's a great question, right? And I would say um, you, there's a lot of programs right now. Crown Financial teaches that you want to start the emergency fund with at least $1,000, okay. right? And you said start. start. I have to have $1,000 to start it? You want? Well, no, you start with $10, right? right? Whatever you can. But, but you, you stay wanna, faithful. You stay faithful. You open up a separate savings account specifically called emergency savings. Yeah. Right? So before... Before I even think about investing, you're saying Absolutely. I should start this emergency fund, Absolutely, get it yes. to a thousand dollars. If you don't have an emergency fund, you are not ready to invest yet. Yeah, okay. and what's the purpose exactly? Why why not hey, I have a hundred bucks here, put fifty dollars away for emergency fund, fifty dollars for investing. Why not do that? Uh, so, so there's a strategy behind it, right? Um, a lot of times people will end up pulling the plastic out of their pocket, yep, right? And yep. charging things. And they end up digging a hole deeper and deeper and deeper, right? Mm -hmm. That is harder to get out of. So mm -hmm. when you have a well-funded emergency account, mm -hmm. you don't have that worry, right? And then you are able to be freed up 
to to invest, yep. right? To set money aside. Now, the dollar amount in that account, a thousand dollars is a good start. While maybe you're paying off other debt, yeah, right. But once the debt's paid off, once your emergency fund is is funded, and and, and that fund is anywhere from three to six months of living expenses. Okay. okay. Now, would you say don't start investing until you have three months of living yes. expenses? Really? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. You you want you want to wait to make sure you have that in place, right? Okay. And, and this. I mean, for the younger person, it might be a little easier, right, to save right. that money up. Um, but yeah, the, the, I would, and I would also encourage the sooner you can invest, the better. Right. So, so, that's so the get like, intense, right, with making sure you save get this money. All right. Let's get and, intense. <laughs> and make this happen, right? Because again, time flies. So the sooner you can, you can start investing, you're going to realize those gains a lot quicker. Hmm. Uh, now, let me clarify, right? Three to six months. Now, which one do I choose? Right. I would say the six months is, is probably more for your, your one household income, one income household, uh, where three months, let's say it's as a dual household, gotcha. you're going to probably only need three months. Worth so if of- only dad's working six months, Yes. if mom and dad are sharing the load and one loses a job or breaks a leg, exactly. you don't need. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes perfect sense. When well, I know actually. for me, even like you're talking about emergency fund though, even before investing, yep. it's like, emergencies happen, right? You, you know, there's expenses that just happened that, that just came out of nowhere that weren't in your budget. And so instead of pulling out that credit card or, or scrambling or whatever it is, now you can go to that emergency fund, but say you, you have that emergency fund of a thousand dollars to start off. You pull out 500 cause you have to get new tires for your car. You didn't budget that out. Next time you'll know better, you know, every four years I need yep. to get, you know, mm-hmm. tires or whatever it is. Do you replenish that emergency fund again before Absolutely. you? Okay, yep. so Absolutely. make sure that's always capped out. You're always there, yeah. Because okay. again, emergencies are going to happen. Yeah, right. We never know when. Yep, but they they are going to happen. They're well, inevitable. The emotional side of it, and we went through this after you shared six seven years ago that class we went through. But we did our saving our, our emergency fund, and even I've never thought of it before until today, right now. But savings is to save you. Like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, it was it this account, and it, we I got to a thousand. We stopped, and I literally weed whack in the front yard through a rock through the car windshield. Oh. Like it went, oh, it went nine. Yeah. I wasn't Ouch. being dumb though. It right. went ninety just, degrees. Just, like a rock can't shoot off ninety degrees. Right. Yes, it can. Yes, it I did. Can. Blew up the window, and it was like okay. It was weird. I wasn't frustrated. Yeah. I wasn't angry. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't worried. Like oh, I already have money for that because it wasn't vacation money. It wasn't right. food money. Oh, that's the break the window money. Yeah. Let me go get yep. it. Yep. It was awesome to experience this like joy in the midst of blowing up your window. Yeah, because like, the alternative could have been, oh, honey, we can't, uh, you know, do so many gifts yep. for Christmas this year. We right? missed out on or a vacation we can't one time. Do a vacation. We right? literally had to use vacation money because of a uh, like a a dental emergency that literally ate up our gas yeah. money to get on vacation. We stayed home all week. It was yep. terrible, but it's fine. So, right, ownership, foundation, it's not ours, it's God's, 100%. And from there, we're just stewarding what he gave us. So get out the pen and paper, do that budget, and just look reality in the face, come up with a strategy, and that strategy should include step one, make sure you have some kind of savings slash emergency fund. Mm-hmm. From there, you want to expand it to that three to six month mark, depending on your income and how that's coming in. Marriage, not marriage, dual yeah, your, income. Your expenses, right? It's based yeah. on, on expenses, okay. right? So your income might be at one level, but what your actual expenses are, that's what you want to set aside. Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. So if, if I make $3,000 a month, but I really only need 
$2,700 a month. Right. And that's what it made up. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I know you've talked about, and really just that side the Bible does speak on of giving. Can you hit on that for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and the Bible does caution, right, um, that we should not be investing without also giving. You know, and I think Luke 12 gives the example of the rich man who, uh, I mean, he was doing so well, right? He ended up tearing down his barns to rebuild new ones yes. and bigger ones. And uh, the day comes, right, his life was was called on. And that was it. it. It was over for him. And it says, um, a fool lays up treasure for himself and not rich towards God, mm. right? So I would say having that that healthy understanding of, hey, if, if you are going to invest, before you do that, you have to give, yep. right? The, the Bible is very clear on, on giving, right? First Corinthians 16, 2 says, on the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper so that no collection be made when I come, mm. right? So so definitely important that we we set that money aside, right, when it comes to giving. Yeah. Um, the Bible does make a distinction, right, between your tithe and, and also giving, right? Giving yes. to the poor, gi- yes. giving to the needy. Um, so, so you definitely want to understand when when's appropriate, right, for each of those categories. Um, so, so I do want to share um, six points, right, um, when it comes to giving, right? Um, and, and a lot of it is based off of this 1 Corinthians 16, 2. Um, giving should be periodic, right? So we're talking about structure. We're talking about the plan, right, the budget. Sure. Um, the, giving should be systematic, right? The tithe should be systematic, should be something that we, we set aside, as it says in this verse, right? Um, it should be personal, mm. Right, it's something that's very specific. Right, God's calling us to to give, um, and it's out of a private deposit. Right, so it's not something that hey, we found some money. Right, we came into some money. Um, you know, it's something that we should we should give a portion of. Okay, um, and then make it a priority. Right, honor the Lord from from the wealth of the first fruits that He's given us. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and then the other one that I would say sometimes can can creep in is is without pride. You know, the, the tithe giving shouldn't be something that's announced. It's not something that uh, we do unto man. Right. It, it's for the Lord. Right. Yep. So so that's definitely something that, that should be a focus. Almost done in secret if possible. Yeah. That's awesome. No, it's, it's good. I, I think when I prioritized giving in my life, um, just even recognizing that it's the Lord's first and that he's just allowed me to steward it and it's one way I can worship him with it. Yep. Um, man, there's this, I, I saw the blessings flow. Uh, you probably know the verse Malachi 310. I yeah. don't know it uh, yeah. by heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just there's promises in giving to the Lord. Like you can't outgive the Lord. No way. <laughs> so Even that verse you bring yeah. up it blew my mind one day. It says that he says, try me in this. Yeah. Test me out in your giving. Yep. Will I not open up the windows of heaven right. with the blessings that will come down? And that doesn't mean oh, you give a dollar, get 10. Right oh, yeah, it is. And especially this is what blew my mind. So I'll open up the windows of heaven. Like, what does that look like? There's only one other place where that word picture is given in scripture, and it's when the flood happened with Noah. Mm. And so however much water came out of the heavens to flood the world, and that's a lot of water, that he opened up the foundations of the deep and the windows of heaven. And the only other place you see that exaggeration made is in this concept or this scripture that Joe brought up. If you give to me, I will open up the heavens of blessing upon your life. That just might mean joy. 
It could mean relations. It could mean connections. It could mean health. It doesn't mean you're going to get rich, but it is mean you're going to, you are going to be blessed by God. And I know for me, every time, if I'm good at giving that tithe that you're talking about consistency, it's hard for money to become king when you're constantly sending it out of your life. Get out of my life. Get out of my life. A little bit, 10%, go, get out of my life. Go to God. You're his. It just can't really sit on the throne very long yeah, if I'm forcing it to get off the throne. There's a great picture that Dave Ramsey shares, right? When he talks about this topic of giving, right? And it's really living with an open hand. And yes. if you can picture an open hand, right? Where you are receiving income, right? Your your money's being put onto your hand, right? Well, it, it's open. So potentially, hey, money can probably slip away. Sure. Right? If your hand's I can open. take some. When it's clinched, right? Yeah, you're not going to lose any money. But guess what? No money's going to be increased. Yeah, that's true. Right. So, awesome. so it's, it's the concept of of really trusting in God. Right. In, in that um, Malachi is a great verse. Right. Because it does talk about the tithe, um, and the tithe in Scripture is is referenced first in Genesis. Okay. Right. It talks about where Abraham met. Um, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Melchizedek. Um, Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Right. And he gave a tithe. Right. A tenth. Uh, to Melchizedek, right? So that's really the first reference in scripture where it talks about the tithe. In Malachi, it talks about, hey, if if you're not giving the tithe, you're robbing God. That's right. Right? So you think about, man, I'm I'm robbing God by not giving towards him. So so again, it's another way of of really putting ourselves in a position to understand, hey, God, it's, it's yours anyways. Yeah. Right? He just wants to see, hey, what's more important? That's it. Me keeping this money? Or giving it to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. There is a serious side. There's no doubt. I always was have been challenged by my family has been the tithes versus offerings, which Mm -hmm. you did touch on just a minute ago. Of tithes is like this is what we consistently give to the Lord. Our convictions are to the local work of what God's doing. We tithe that. That you can adjust that a little bit, maybe, but. It's what we consistently give of our first fruits. We're tithing this to the Lord. Offerings, the goodwill offering is how the Old Testament frames it. Like, well, oh, there's a someone we need to buy clothes for. Mm-hmm. Or someone just adopted kids. We want to buy them a bed. Like, or okay, but you can't take that from your tithe right. to go do this goodwill thing. Right. It's above and beyond the tithe. Yeah. And it's that's really where it gets in. Like, are you willing? Are you really willing? And it's it's awesome. Yeah, there's a difference, right? And, and I'd encourage the listeners, right? Um, this is this is a topic where you absolutely want to spend time on your knees yes. in prayer yeah. and really ask the Lord, right? If if um, maybe your finances aren't necessarily in order, Lord, where do I start, mm-hmm. right? What's that right dollar amount that I can start tithing? Yeah, do you feel like people get dogmatic about this? Yeah, and religious? absolutely. There is. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of people, I mean, I'll get asked, Hey Omar, do I tithe on my gross or my net? Right. I think, yeah, I think a lot of times you can get very um, legalistic when it comes to this. Right. And, and I just encourage people, right. You you really have to just seek the Lord. Yep. This is between you and God. Yeah. No one else. When I think that that's the key, right. It's, it's, it should force you to seek the Lord, right. It should force you to grow deeper in that relationship with the Lord and saying, I'm putting you Lord my relationship with you above my relationship with money yep. um, and not making it. Okay, Lord, I'm you don't, checklist 10%. There you go. Check, check, check. I ask the Lord, like talk to the Lord about it Yep. and, and say, you know, maybe get the 10% offering Lord. I have this extra money. What do you want me to do with it? Yep. Yeah. So with that, you should be doing it and you should be doing it with joy. Absolutely. 
the rest of it's between you and the yeah. Lord. Uh, and we kind of saved it for last because it's kind of almost first. <laughs> that there's, If there was a sequence of events going on here, it's that recognition that you can't keep your arm out of the water. This is God's too. We're going to baptize the whole thing. So give God your bank account or at least access to it and figure out what he wants to do. Uh are you giving, right? That should, if you listed your expenses in the month and giving wasn't on there, they're, they're something to seriously pray through and, right. and meet with God on that before you go any further. So there's the ownership. It's all God's giving. So it doesn't become King. Jesus is King. Then be realistic. Get out the pen and paper, make your budget, go down, look at reality, that safety net or savings of that emergency fund. And then you can venture into like, walk into a bank, tell them what you want to do. They're there to help you. And a bank will tell you info for free, right? You don't oh, have to yeah. hire them oh, to yeah. do it. Uh, and, and I'd encourage them too, right? I mean, you, you don't want to do something that you don't understand or you're good, not comfortable with, advice. right? So if you do walk into a bank and they're pushing products on you, no, no, go, go somewhere else, right? Find somebody else. You really want somebody who has the heart of a teacher mm. who's able to sit down and walk you through exactly what you are are purchasing, right? What you're investing in. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, you know, if, if I can, so lastly, right, I would I would encourage everyone, right, that out of Philippians 4, 11 through 13, right? Um, Paul says, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am, right? And, and Paul's the example of he had much, Okay. okay. But then yep. he also had, had nothing. Yeah. You know, and I, this verse I appreciate because it's a learned behavior. It's not something that comes naturally, you know, and there's a big difference between mm. contentment mm. and being complacent. That's good. And, and as Christians, we need to be moving forward always. Right. So there's a big difference. Right. And we need to make, make sure we understand that difference. That is great. Super good, man. I wish we could talk forever. Uh, I love your heart and what God's given you as far as wisdom and insight. Uh, real quick, right? And guys, if you're still listening with us and you're on this, uh, there are serious sides to life. And we've talked through one of the more serious matters, but man, enjoy your life. Like <laughs> smile, laugh, like go for a walk, play with your dog, find someone else's dog to play with. Like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but with that, we're going to ask Omar, right? The good, the bad. And the ugly, according <laughs> to Omar, what do you got? Oh gosh, the good. You Hold know, on, I, you gotta get a little. I'm, I'm a blessed man, so I'm gonna say the good is, is my family, man. I'm so proud of. Uh, I called my my family the Franco Five, right? Um, and it's good, man. I, I, my daughter had her prom yesterday, right? So just seeing her grow up, um, definitely blessed. Um, the bad is I do a lot of these uh, Spartan races <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh, the pain that you deal with right after. Oh, it's no bueno. It hurts so good. Yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes. Um, the ugly, I would say, is is this topic of debt, right? And I think mm. we'll get into it yes, sir. on the next uh, Part two. Part two is coming, guaranteed. Well, awesome. You guys, whatever you do, do as under the Lord. Whether it's in season or out, be ready and go for it. God's got you. All right. See you guys. See ya. Bye, guys. <laughs>